Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Alina Casciola. Alina is the VP of Communications at Arctic Wolf. And in this episode, we talk about lessons learned from her experience managing CrowdStrike's response to the cyber hack of the DNC back in 2016, what role crisis comms plays at growth stage startups, and how to best evaluate thought leadership content. Hi, Alina. Hi, Brian. How are you? Elena Casciola is VP of Communications at SaaS security leader Arctic Wolf, where she oversees all aspects of internal and external communications. Prior to that, she built CrowdStrike's highly impactful global PR program, including leading communications for the company's blockbuster IPO in June 2019. Taking CrowdStrike from a Series B startup to the highest-valued SaaS security company, Alina established and managed all aspects of CrowdStrike's external communications program, including raising the profile of the company with Tier 1 media and financial press, developing executive visibility programs, and driving global PR activities spanning over 10 countries. In her personal time, Alina likes to spend time with her son and husband hiking around Austin and escaping to the nearest beach. She lives in Austin, Texas. Alina, thank you again for being with me. Thank you for having me. So for those that aren't familiar, what is Arctic Wolf? Arctic Wolf uh, is the leader in security operations. So if you think about the security market, um, there's obviously a lot of companies that are focused on technology. Um, you know, I come from CrowdStrike, so that was the leader in the endpoint protection space. Um, but the reality is that customers often lack the internal capabilities to truly operationalize the technologies, the products, and the services that they're purchasing. So um, there goes the you know, perennial problem, right? Like, well, security spending continues to go up. Um, year over year, we keep seeing companies in the news getting breached. And Arctic Wolf is really there to solve that problem, to solve the so-called like wasmile problem in cybersecurity. How do you make sure that you have good security operations so you're able to take advantage of existing solutions and truly detect, respond, and mitigate attacks before they turn into a breach? So we read this in your bio just a couple of seconds ago, but you joined CrowdStrike when it was still a relatively small Series B stage company, mm-hmm. and you witnessed massive growth all the way through IPO. Yeah. Aside from headcount, mm-hmm. how did the communications function at the company evolve as the company grew? Did priorities change? And if so, in what ways? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Uh, obviously, when we first started, it was about establishing the brand and establishing our credibility with tier one reporters. So breaking through with business press, making sure that we're known to the cyber bit reporters and mainstream publications, uh, really being seen as the authority on threat intelligence and um, adversaries and kind of news du jour and being invited to comment uh, when big news was happening, when things were breaking, you know, really kind of weaving in our expertise and knowledge about the threat landscape to drive that mainstream agenda. Um, as the company continued to evolve, obviously we launched internationally. So I launched them in EMEA and APJ. Uh, so building the global program was a huge priority. And there's certain things that work in the US that may not work in other countries, right? Like Germany is very different than Japan. So a big part of my role was to really customize the program and make sure that we do have that high impact brand recognition in every new market. And then as we started marching toward an IPO more decisively, it was really about, you know, the broader story that we wanted to tell, how we're disrupting not only the security market, but really establishing ourselves as a category leader, you know, telling that story through the executive tracks and then ultimately really landing the IPO. 
So 2016 feels like a billion years ago, but CrowdStrike was at the center of a cyber attack on the DNC. What did you learn from that experience? And are there best practices from that experience that you're now applying into your role at Arctic Wolf today? Yeah, it's a great question. It was certainly an incredible learning experience. When the new cycle initiative started, we anticipated that will be impactful just because of the gravity of the news that we were delivering, but we certainly didn't think that it was going to last for years and that it, it was, I mean, one of the topics that defined the Trump presidency. So there were many lessons learned along the ways, but the main point for me as a communication professional is really around, you know, thinking strategically about your role in that new cycle. Um, and how that evolves uh, over time. Um, and with that particular incident, when we initially stepped forward to publicize the results of our investigation, you know, we were the cybersecurity expert, you know, our role was to really educate the public, you know, through the media about what had happened, why is it important, you know, how it impacted sort of uh, the democratic process really, and then US-Russia relations. And as the story continued to evolve and, and this new cycle did as well, it became much more focused on sort of the geopolitical aspects. Um, and in some cases it became very polit politicized and, you know, we're a nonpartisan organization we didn't have a role to play in that conversation but the interesting part was that reporters kept coming to us and they wanted us to weigh in so you know it's hard as a communication professional to turn down cnn it's hard to turn down uh 60 minutes right but ultimately we made a decision that you know our role is really to serve our customers and that's why we stepped forward in the first place because our customer the democratic national committee asked us to and later on in the cycle we didn't really have have any value to add. Um, so we had to pull back. And that was a difficult thing because you're missing, you know, prime time opportunities. Um, but ultimately, I do believe that brands should really think about how to build trust and establish their credibility with customers and with media, you know, across the board. And it, sometimes that means um, not jumping on every news opportunity, right? Sometimes that means just staying put and staying quiet, as difficult as that is. Um, and, you know, if I am to do it again, we'll do the exact same thing. I think it was the right decision. Like, so in terms of lessons learned, it's really, you know, think about your mission. Like, why are you there? Why are you in business? You know, every day we should all be thinking about how we're serving customers. And then, you know, that's kind of the guiding principle that I think I apply through all crisis communications and that I think ultimately in the long run gives you the best results, even if you have to sacrifice some short-term wins. Well, let, let's stay on this theme just for a moment. Do you think that growth stage startups need crisis comms as an internal function, or is that something that should be outsourced when the need arise? Um, I personally have always found that you need a really strong internal uh, plan and obviously a leader in charge of communications to execute it because crisis comms in, in most cases involves a variety of different stakeholders, everyone from legal, marketing, product, customer facing organizations, sales. Um, there's a lot of alignment that needs to happen to make sure that the organization is on message. But I do think that every organization needs to have a serious uh, and comprehensive crisis response playbook. They need to practice that. Uh, they need to do scenario planning. Um, they need to do fire drills. So certainly similar to how you would do any sort of incident response. And I think a lot of that will need to be driven by the internal communications function. You do a lot of thought leadership at Arctic Wolf. How do you think about earned versus owned content when it comes to thought leadership? And where should this content live ideally? 
No, it's a great question. I mean, I think there's incredible amount of synergy you need to build between earned and owned um, to really maximize the value of your assets. So for example, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, working with media and maybe placing a blog in a trade publication or a contributed article, and then, you know, linking it back or like republishing it on your blog. And then kind of that gives you an opportunity to drive traffic back and forth and just increase exposure for your content and vice versa. Sometimes you would have land a news article and it really makes sense for you to amplify it with paid social to serve it up to the right audiences that allows you to do a little bit more micro targeting on your own terms. And I find that really beneficial. So I think it's really more about, you know, not thinking about them separately, but thinking them as part of the tool uh, about, you know, earned and owned as part of the toolkit and then building synergy um, to allow yourself to increase sort of the traffic exposure, you know, ultimately what's your goal for your content, right? You want engagement, you want people to, to click on the link and learn more, or you want them to engage with your sales team, or you want them to learn more about your brand and you know for each of these actions it takes a different mix of earned and owned to really activate it i'll get you out on this question how do you measure the effectiveness of a thought leadership campaign not all publications will allow you to backlink right and most companies True. don't have super well trafficked blogs so how do we mm-hmm. how do we measure this yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to what your goals are. Like, is it for you to build authority around a specific topic? Um, is it for you to have certain messaging association, right, with your brand? Is it to gain exposure for a broader expertise? Like, you really need to define what your goals are and then think about what are the KPIs that are going to give you a good indication on how you're truly moving the needle um, toward those goals. I mean, I think in PR, especially like I'm a firm believer in measurement and share of voice and really having you know, detailed analysis and how your program is performing, especially vis-a-vis competitors. But frankly, brand ultimately as professionals, like, you know, when you've hit it out of the park, right? Like, you know, when you've landed the big story, the story that you're eager to share on social and eager to tell your friends about and eager to like, you know, brag, you know, to executives about, right? Like, you know, when that happens. So I think it's the right mix of volume and sort of the groundswell activity, but also really going for the big feature stories, the impactful articles, the articles that truly separate you from the rest of the industry. And you know, when you've landed those. Today, I'm joined by Elena Casciola. Elena, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good talking to you.